Brody and the Beard is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know ticket prices drop right before the game starts, Kelly? No. No, seriously, man. And because GameTime tracks ticket prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. You know, I looked at tickets for the game against the Blazers on Monday. And you're able to sit in row in section 123, row 11, for about 80 bucks a piece. How about the Wizard of Oz? Oh, you can totally, Kelly, check out theater tickets off of game time, as well as music concerts. Kelly, it's it's the perfect app. It's super easy. Two taps and you're out. You can't ask for anything better. The game time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play Store or App Store and score last-minute tickets up to 60% off, Kelly. Hey, yo. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? <laughs> Biggie Velvet. Mo Dackel. This guy's amazing. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. I'm your host, Mo Doc Hill. With me is my man, Kelly Eco. He's literally with me. He's sitting right next to me. And also next to us is our super producer, Sasha Ishal. We're coming to you on the Athletic Podcast Network. And right after the Clippers beat the Rockets in a thrilling game. Kelly, right away, just off the bat, what were your thoughts? I think we need seven games of this in May. That's, that's for starters. This is such an emotionally charged game. You kind of knew the Clippers wanted some revenge from nine days ago. You knew that they were going to come in. And the first game didn't have Paul George, so you kind of you can't, you can't really draw those those, you know, those conclusions. It was a good win you know, nine days ago, but today's win for the Clippers was more of the Rockets you know, falling apart at the end. Can we say that? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, so... The Clippers, the Clippers were obviously excellent numbers. Well, well, let's 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 set the scene too. The Clippers won one twenty two to one nineteen. James Harden was phenomenal. He had thirty seven points, five eleven from three, nine from sixteen, uh, fourteen out of eighteen free throws, twelve assists, eight rebounds. Capella with another big game, seventeen and nineteen. You know, Rush came in with twenty two. The the bench came through for a lot of the game. It was really impressive. The Cliffs on their side. You know, Lou Williams led him off the bench with 26 points. You had Kawhi Leonard, the machine, the robot, the dude that just never freaks out with 24 points. And Paul George finished with 19, but, man, he really struggled, too, to shoot. He just finished with 4 out of 15, 3 of 10 from 3. It was he just was 4 for 15 tonight? Oh, dude, he wasn't making shots till the end of the game. He, he no, Actually, no, he was 3 for 12 going into the fourth. He only made the one shot in the fourth, and it was a big one. And we're talking about the last two minutes of the game. I mean, that's really all we're going to end up talking about, yeah, right? It's going to be, you know, the main talking point for, I guess, the week, just given how a bit controversial, if you will, down the street, I, a bit, a bit of questionable decision making. <laughs> Not a bit of questionable decision making. <laughs> a lot of questionable decision making. But, but it, it, overall, you know, it was a highly contested affair. 
between two teams who are going to be at the top of the Western Conference for majority of the season and the Lakers too. But I just think, you know, first takeaway for me, I think the Rockets need to be sharper in those instances. That we've seen time and time again over, I don't know how many, the last 10, 15 years, Rockets games, Rockets collapses, I would say, in the last minute, two minutes, three minutes of fourth quarters. But for some reason, this one, I think, kind of stings for them more than well, the most given the circumstances. It's early in the season. You want to put your foot down. You want to make a mark in the Western Conference and say, you know, we're the top dog. And they did. I mean, you know, they had a lead. I think it was six, was it six points a with, with a minute left. Like, you got to close that out. You know, there it was a really interesting game in the sense of the Clippers basically just said it's going to be anybody but Harden at one point. Basically sending two guys to Harden anytime. As soon as he crossed the half court practically, they would send the second guy. And there were times where, you know, the supporting cast did a good job attacking out of that. I thought Rivers did a great job. You know, when he would when he would get the ball, he would attack and then create and kick out to other guys. Um, ben McLemore had a phenomenal third quarter. He finished with 18 points. Uh, I think he had 10 in the third quarter. It was really altogether just pretty good in that sense. And then there were instances where there were some questionable decisions. You have, and really, it, when we're saying questionable decisions, let's just be honest, guys. It's one guy. It was Russell Westbrook, right? You know, with three minutes left, he took a a mid-range jumper that let's just, every team would be happy if Russ took that all the time. Um, and then coming down the stretch, they're up six, and we're going to lead to the big decision, but up six, the Clippers get a big Lou Williams three, which, you know, uh, is what, what got the Antoni so hot was Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is standing at half court. <laughs> Doc Rivers is actually trying to call a timeout. He even says it in his post-game press conference. You know, I was trying to call a timeout. Nobody saw me, but you know, Lou made a three, so it was okay. Because the whole Rockets bench they were on their feet screaming. Mike Dantone, I think he has this thing now where he used to ball up his fist, but now he just takes his glasses off really fast whenever he's super pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that. That's inside the NBA reporting you get from having a guy like Kelly Eco as your go-to beat writer. Yeah, he, you don't get details he, like that from other he has, people. He has those he, foldable glasses. <laughs> and he, he jumped up. because, And then Lou would have hit a huge three. But I just think they just lost composure. Like when you're up three, and they didn't call timeout after. Oh, they, we'll get to we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So then, so the Clippers hit the three. It's now a three point game. Then you know, turnover. I think it was on the other end. Well, it was a, it would have been lobbed to Capella, but they he fumbled the ball. They okay. come and they thought that was a foul. Everything called. They they came down four and three and. Well, no, no, no. The Clippers called the timeout and got Paul George a hammer. Oh, that's the play before. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the Harden, the Capella turnover led to the Lou Williams three. Sorry, guys. We're piecing this together as we're going here. And, you know, the Rockets miss a shot. Clippers get the rebound, call a timeout. Doc sets up a real nice hammer play. Uh, and it ends up being a corner three for Paul George. Pretty much his only made bucket in the fourth quarter. It's now a tied game. We're going down the other way. I don't even remember the play that happened. I just know you got. I, th- I think Harding got fouled coming down. Harding got fouled. Right. And missed a free throw, right? Missed a free throw, yeah, which was surprising in that sense. Clippers come down. They get us. Did they get the switch? Was it Austin Rivers that was on him? Sorry, folks. This is a great podcast, and we're working through it as we go through. But basically, I think it was, it was tough. Tough. So they didn't switch. So they, they run a Lou Williams. Kawhi Leonard pick and roll. 
Kawhi comes off. They don't switch. It's Tucker. But all he needs is just a little bit of room, and he sinks in just as simple as possible, like a 15, 16-foot jumper, drills it. Clippers are up one. Now. So what happened? <laughs> well, they did not call a timeout. They just decided to roll with it. James got doubled. He kicked it to Russ. We had Tucker in the corner, and he had Jermichael Green. You know, he kind of stunned him a little bit, and he had a decision to make either commit, you know, or quit. And Russ had a shrivel of space where he could have shot, but the smarter play would be to drive. Because if you drive, Jermichael Green is there. He, he commits. He kicked it to Tucker, who's more open in the corner, which is pretty much money. And the Rockets. I'm going I'm to be, be honest, man. I don't want Russ shooting a lot of threes. Plain and simple. He was one for seven tonight for his decision-making. So at that point, he's one for six. He decides to pull up for a three. Misses it terribly. Clippers get the rebound. He fouls. Clippers go to the line. Russ fouls out. They knock down their two free throws. It was an ugly ending. It just looked really bad. Well, it was, it was ugly. Considering that they it had done so, <laughs> Considering that they had done so much good in the second half to you know warrant a huge road win. Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought when they went up six, you know, and I had told you, I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting ready to yeah, pack up. This game's over. Shot. I thought this was a, I thought this thing was over. I was like, man, this is a huge win for the Rockets. Like, you, I mean, this is even bigger than beating the Clippers nine days ago. Like, this is just even bigger. And, you know, then this happens. It's brutal. You know, they run a, la- a play at the end. And basically, the Clippers are just like anybody but Harden. They put like two guys on him. You know, the ball gets inbound into Harden. Kawhi strips it away. Ball game right there. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers? The ones that barely hit the shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Mo, I know you got to get your swag up. Where are you gonna go? Now that you've seen Kelly in the flesh, I mean, flesh. now I, I, I kind of now that I know where you're going to get your stuff, like that's it, Kelly. It's on now. Now you gonna have to raise your game because I'm about to kick mine up like twelve notches. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready. Well, like you, millions are already using the StockX app to find everything after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Babe, Palace, and Kim. Are you looking to add the? Air Jordan 1 Fearless UNC Chicago's to your rotation? You feel a little bit nostalgic? Sure. <laughs> you feel like little Air Max 95s? Yeah, why not? You can find it all and more on StarkX. Sometimes even for prices lower than retail. I mean, you like some sales. <laughs> Do I? With StarkX, there's no hassle. StarkX handles the exchange of every transaction, so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StarkX has you covered. So do you want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash B-Ball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash B-Ball. And if you can't spell B-Ball, I can't help you. Check that out today. I mean, this is a tough, tough deal. Like, this is a, this one hurts. What was the feel in the locker room when you went oh, in there? Oh, man. The feel. Well, for starters, Coach D'Antoni was livid. Yeah. And, and it's always funny to tell when he's pissed off because he – he says it in like a real sarcastic way, but you know he's fuming at Doc Rivers being on the court. And then like, it shouldn't be allowed. That's what he said. Um, and he, he said it three times. So I know he was pissed off. James was frustrated from the fact that he had never seen that kind of defense so many times. Like where you have Kawhi on him 
and you have someone still running at him to get him off the ball, you know, which is pretty crazy. Um, I just think that they were they wanted to get out of there, go home, feeling disappointed, feeling let down. You know, a lot of those guys have LA ties, or a lot of those guys are, are locals, so it is kind of a battle of the city where you know there's pride, there's ego, and they'll feel like oh, there was oh, I forgot one part. <laughs> it was a little smack talk after the game. Lou Will, Sam Cassell, uh, Lou Will came down. He was like, y'all ain't finish your food. Y'all ain't uh, finish your food. Well, you know, <laughs> if Sam's involved, it's, it's definitely going to be talking. Yeah, so I, I just think this is going to be a theme all season long. They come back next month, December 18th. I'm in the building. Oh, boy. We're going to have another one coming in for you live on that one, too. Hopefully, we're going to have another exciting game like that. It was interesting. I was listening to Doc in his post-game press conference, and you can kind of just feel like he was excited. But they know they stole this one. You know, the the Rockets played good enough to win this game. They had a great third quarter. I mean, they came out out of the gates of the third quarter and really got it going. You know, Lou Williams woke up a bit and, and got kept the Clippers in it. And, and just really at the end of the day, the Clippers just made one or two more plays than the Rockets to, to win this game and really steal it. So, I mean, Rockets have lost two in a row now, coming off losing in Denver, coming off losing here in L.A. Kelly, what overall, what do you what have you I seen think, in these last two I games? Think, I think what you've seen is they need to learn how to, you know, granted they did do a better job than the Denver game of playing out of double teams, recognizing when someone else besides James has to make a play with the ball and they had to make their shots. But – it's just composure. You have to know. Some of that is on the head coach. Obviously, you have to know when to call timeout. You can't always allow your guys to run. I know, I know. I know. Sometimes you don't want to stop. You know, with the floor of the game. But just imagine if you were to call a timeout and they would have ran something. You know, for, for even if it's a Clint lob or even if it's not a two on three. You know, well, I want to. I want to throw a little bit of kind of the thinking sometimes for not calling that timeout. You know, you know that James is having a hard time. Every time they're throwing two guys at him, at least here in semi-transition, you're thinking, okay, maybe we get a chance to get James a, you know, a, a free opportunity here before a second guy comes. You know, you call a timeout, even though you're setting a play, they're also setting their defense. Their defense is set. They take Lou Williams out of the game. They're putting in, you know, probably uh, Rodney McGruder or Mo Harkless. Like they're adding another defender on the floor. Like there are there are advantages sometimes to not calling that timeout. And it's a, I gotta imagine for a coach, it's a tough, tough decision. This is gonna be something D'Antoni is gonna be second guessing himself on the flight home. You know, and also if he burns this timeout and they don't get a play out of it, you know that then they're in more trouble because now you can't advance the ball here. At least in this case, you didn't burn the timeout. You, you missed the shot, which Russ shouldn't have taken. We've discussed that, and I agree with your assessment there, Kelly. He's got to drive. At the very least, he's going to pull Jermichael Green with him and be able to kick that out to Tucker, who's wide open in the corner. Or if Green doesn't pull in, he's got a layup. It's really that simple. Uh, you know, he made a very bad decision in that instance. But they still ended up with a chance with one second left. Now, could D'Antoni have drawn up a better play? Maybe. You know, that that's, that's debatable as well. But – you know, I think there's – it still kind of played in their favor. They still had a chance to tie and, this, and, get a shot, a shot off to tie this and, game. And even – they shouldn't have even been in that position. Granted, if you look back at the, the first minute of the, fir- the fourth quarter, 
I think they had like six fouls, five or six fouls in a row. They had, they had four and four fouls in the first minute. You're just of shooting the, yourself in the foot at that point because <clears throat> now you can't play as aggressive defense because they were actually playing pretty aggressive in the third quarter and they were getting stops. And the Rockets took, I think it was a nine, ten point lead. Yep. And I think that just shriveled down to five, four, three. And then you allow the Clippers to play their game, which is getting the ball to Kawhi, getting the ball to Lou, getting the ball to, to uh, Paul George and trusting the block. I just thought they, the Rockets shot themselves in the foot. I mean, the free throw thing, just to, talk, just to point that out. <clears> and they missed two free throws, too. Like, they, they, missed, they, missed they, missed, they missed a ton of free throws. But on top of that, you know, the Clippers had only shot eight free throws going into the fourth quarter. They get into foul trouble early. At, it get, I mean, and then they shoot 16 in the fourth quarter right there. Those free throws are killers because that just stops the clock and allows you to get, you know, eat obviously yeah. free throws, like a free shot at this thing. So, you know, the Clippers took advantage of that. That allowed them to get in the game, and it allowed them to to sort of slow everything down and set their defense, you know, so they could kind of yeah. put that pressure on James. The one thing I'd say about James, he might have been frustrated with that. He better get used to this. Well, well I think to, to his credit, they do have a lot of injuries. And if you replace those guys with – Eric Gordon, <clears throat> Dan House, you know, or Gerald Green. Maybe teams don't. Well, we got to get Gerald Green out. He ain't even Well, back I'm, I'm just see. saying, like, from, from, but, from but, shooters, like, Daniel and Eric, you know, as a defense now, you don't want to play zone that much because those guys know they're in sync so much where they know that, okay, EG's going to hit this, Daniel's going to make this this read, Clint's going to be open, or I'm going to hit a three. I, I think when, when you have the other guys like Ben McLemore, like Austin, Grant Austin, Austin did a good job today of, attacking and, and then making primary and secondary reads. But Ben is still learning that a little bit. Right. I talked to him after the game, and he told me that him and James, <clears throat> they had a little private uh, – they watched film together, just trying to break down how he can be a secondary tertiary playmaker when he has the ball, when James has to give it up. And I think as the games go along, you get more reps and repetition, but tonight it kind of hurt them. He did have 18 points, but there are some players that you like to take back where they – they, they, they didn't get a good look or they turned the ball over because simple, you know, double-team stuff. So let me just ask you this. Where do the Rockets go from here? I think they just go back home and they don't have to go back home. <laughs> but, but I think they just the – Rock, the Rockets are a kind of team where they – it's there are very few games where they get emotional after a loss or pissed off. A lot of games that just brush off their back because they're, they're veterans, but – this was a game they wanted to because these are their new Warriors. Right. Um, and we remember the early days of the Warriors. Whenever the Rockets would lose those games, they would be really mad because they would blame you know, on something. And this is kind of the same thing. They don't want to lose these kind of games at all. But they do have a, a three or four game homestand coming up. All, win, all winnable games: uh, Miami, Dallas, Atlanta. Um, so, well, well, Miami and Dallas are not. They're gonna be the middle. They're not. They're not. Oh, they, no, no, no. they owe Miami. We know that. So there's that. They're good teams, but, but they're, they're not. They're, they're not, not losing. They're not losing those games on. Yeah. Well, so, we're gonna hold you to this one. We're gonna talk about <laughs> this all after all we have it's some turkey. Wax. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're definitely gonna be talking about this after our turkey uh, yeah. feast. If they, if they lose any of these three games, then that's a problem. Then, then we're really gonna have some problems. But, but I think they've they've shown enough in the first what sixteen games where you 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 do see some positives. You do see some negatives. But it's still early. A lot of guys are still figuring it out. And they're still in the pack of the top of the Western Conference, which is the most important thing at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I, very interesting. It's it's the one thing is it's nice to go home and and be able to regroup and, and figure it all out. You know, this this loss is going to stay with them for a little bit though. You know, and I think again, I just want to welcome Rocket fans to the Russell Westbrook experience. This is the type of thing you're going to get from Russ. This is this is what people were telling you what you to expect when Russell Westbrook's on your team. This kind of decision making is something OKC fans have been used to for a long time. And to be honest, Houston was able to capitalize on it when they played him in the playoffs. So you know, it's 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 the Westbrook experience. There's the good and the bad. You experience the bad tonight. So I think you have that there. I think you got to get ready for the next game. Get ready for Miami. You definitely owe them. You got to show up for this game and be ready to roll. Um, that's it for me, Kelly. You got any anything else you want to add to? No, I got to write. Okay, well, you know, just to remind y'all, this is our post game pod. We got an all decade pod coming out uh, beginning of next week. We're taking thirds. We're taking Thanksgiving off, so you got us. You got the all decade pod for next week. And then we're chilling, you guys. And you don't got to hear well for a week, so you can, you can breathe easy. <laughs> or y'all can just check, y- y'all can reach out to me, and I'll be happy to give you a voice message of some sort. That was rude, man. You in my city, man. That was rude. I don't know if I appreciate that, Kelly. Can we just, can we just uh, talk about for just one second how shiny Kelly's oh, watch God. is? Oh. No, we got it. Hold on. We you so know what? Thank shiny. you. This is why Sasha's the best. This is why Sasha's the best. We got to talk about Kelly's outfit before we leave. Okay. In the flesh. We literally saw Swag Champ, Turtleneck Shorty. We got to see all that stuff in effect. Biggie Velvet. Biggie Velvet. Oh, man. He had a purple velvet velvet jacket on that I'm pretty sure probably makes Laker fans feel a little bit jealous. Because that was pretty solid. Not a lot of people could pull that off. But I'll be honest. Kelly definitely was able to. Um, the watch, um, I, to be honest, Russ might have missed a few shots just by the blink shining He's off the watch. Yeah. You know, like that might have caused a couple problems in the first half. <laughs> I think the offense was coming that way. Oh, um, so, you know, if you are looking for a place to blame, you can look at Kelly's watch. Um, Wasn't aware how integral the headphones were to the whole vibe and look. That's, that, that's part of my thing now. Yeah, he just wears headphones around the press room. It's actually very antisocial. It's like he was too big time, you know? <laughs> and the funny part was he didn't want to sit next to Sasha and I in the press room for at least a good 20 minutes. No, I, 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 feel, I don't want to just leave those guys. I felt bad. It's kind of, I don't want to just hey, guys, I'm out. You know, I had to do it strategically. I don't know how you felt, Sasha. I felt like he was ashamed to, of us. No, no, I had to do it strategically. Uh, I had to ease my way. My my biggest focus when I'm in there is eating as much food as I possibly can, as many bowls of popcorn and M&Ms as I possibly can. And my biggest goal so, is try not to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trash? I didn't say it. <laughs> it's pretty it, trash. It ain't a secret. It ain't a secret, Kelly. That's how, I, that's, how, that's how I keep the slim figure I got going. That's how I keep the slim figure. What's up? Meatball subs tonight, though. I didn't have any of that. I was pretty fire. I was pretty happy with that. But, folks, <laughs> that's enough of us rambling off at the end. If you made it to the end, I'm impressed. Uh, we really just kind of cracking jokes at this point. It's pretty late at night here. Uh, So for Sasha, for Kelly, for me, happy Thanksgiving, and we out.